I think it's really important that people start out playing safe. So, so we the first to one <laughs> was obviously <laughs> it's gonna be. The girls are still wearing their clothing, unfortunately. A fantasy of mine is like a gay thing. That's just hot to me. This week, uh, we have a Tara topic. We're going to talk about being... Tara topic. It's a Tara topic. Okay, <laughs> so, bitches. Love you. Wow. Tara gets saucy. Welcome to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. I am James. And I'm Tara. And we are your sexy, swinging lifestyle host for today's show. We host our weekly show to empower you to explore your sexuality and learn more about consensual non-monogamy. We made a decision that we did not want to fit the societal norm when it came to relationships, sex, and dating. We wanted to open things up. So that's what we did. Since 2013, we have explored consensual non-monogamy and never looked back. If you are looking for more after the show, be sure to get social with us. Our Instagram is (laughs) sex.interrupted, and we share all kinds of posts and stories about our life. You can also find us on Twitter at sxinterrupted or on Facebook by searching Sex Uninterrupted. What's next, James? The Smoke Show. That's right. This week, we are back to our Tilray Ground Blend. Honestly, at the price, you can't really beat it. Its THC content is 15.8% and the CBD is 0.1%, not very high. It is a blend of Jack Herr, Blueberry, and Green Kush. It is labeled as a hybrid as well. And it's also very good for vaporizers because it's a fine blend and it's great for when you smoke a bong as well. Yes, it's so good. I love it. Uh, And oftentimes in the non-monogamous community, the ladies are encouraged to explore their bisexuality. Okay, it's pretty much all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But what about the men? In such a sexual community with so many bisexual women, one would think that there would be more bisexual men bi-friendly events, and information for bi-guys. This week, we have the pleasure of interviewing a fellow podcaster and someone who knows a thing or two about bi-guy stigma in the lifestyle community. Together, we offer up advice for bisexual men, discuss why men hide their bisexuality, suggest guidance for female partners of bi-men, and discuss one of the only bi-friendly lifestyle events offered to the community. Don't miss this insightful episode. And now, on to the interview. We have the honor of interviewing a very special guest on our show today. He is a pioneer of the lifestyle podcasting world and paved the way for many of us who are part of the community today. He created Life on the Swing Set as a primer to the lifestyle who, for those just starting their exploration, for those who are simply considering the idea, and those already on board this crazy ride on the swing set. Not only that he is a published author and his novels reflect the diverse lifestyles of his friends, his partners, and himself, which is pretty fucking cool if you ask me because there's not a lot of books out there that are like that. So please welcome Cooper S. Beckett to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I must say, I co-created Life on the Swing Set. Yeah. I have to to throw some credit at at Dylan Thomas who co-created it with me. Yes, there's, you're like the co-founders. And then Ginger came on and really improved everything. Yes, well, the feminine touch helps. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That's why we don't recommend you listen to the first 10 episodes. (laughs) Mm, That's like us too. We had a one directional microphone. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah, it was pretty awful. The The desktop microphone. (laughs) It's getting through those first 10. Yeah, you got to do it. (laughs) So you have how many now? 
Yeah. <laughs> How many episodes? Yeah. Yes. Um, we just released today 358. Holy shit. Holy shit. Like I said, <laughs> pave the way. Yeah, exactly. Hey? We are we are ancient in podcast years. <laughs> that but, is uh, kind of ancient. What year did but you get it, start? Uh, 2010. We're, we're coming up on 10 years. So that was before podcasting was even easy. Yeah, it was not terribly easy at the beginning, and stats were non-existent, and yeah. WordPress was a nightmare. And mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah. I couldn't is- imagine. I struggled, like, I think we were three, four years ago, and I struggled trying to learn stuff because I'm not very computer savvy, and that was, <laughs> I'm like, what's an RSS? <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Yeah, so it's been, uh, t- I, can't, I can't believe coming up on 10 years. I mean, it, yeah, when we incredible. started the podcast, like, you don't think about that when you start something that's open-ended. And it was the first project I'd ever done that was open-ended. You know, everything else, you finish and release it. Yes. And yeah, then you're done. <laughs> uh, but a podcast could theoretically run forever. Yeah, definitely. So, like, what made you want to start it? Uh, hubris, um, vanity. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, Honesty. It, I at, love it. <laughs> yeah, at the time, I didn't feel like the podcasts that were out there were speaking to people uh, realistically or mm-hmm. fully truthfully about mm-hmm. swinging. Yeah. I right. felt like they were all sugarcoating. And in order to cover up their sugar coating, they were basically making it clear that swinging is awesome, but it's not for you. Uh-huh. Mm. I, yeah. So it was that. like a gatekeeping thing. And, you know, uh, I'd been in the lifestyle for almost a year and I felt like I had a pretty good handle on it. Then there's the hubris. And <laughs> I thought people should do this my way. Because it's better than the way the other podcasters are talking about. <laughs> and, and, yeah. No, I, that's kind of, well, not necessarily how we started. We <laughs> better. We just thought about, we couldn't find much at the yeah. time when we started, which was about, about four or five years ago, which is kind of like, like one of the questions, like, how have you seen it change? Mm. Oh God. The, it's, it's, You know, there's like these podcast renaissances every few years where all sorts of new podcasts flood the market Mm -hmm. and then vanish within 10 episodes. Yeah. I mean, the most common one is obviously the, uh, the couple's adventure podcast. Like we just started doing this thing and we're going to podcast about it and give you all the gory details and you either evolve or you don't. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you don't evolve, you die. I mean, the podcast dies. Totally. And so, so that's what I see the most, I think. And it, it's like any other niche group. It's full of backstabbing and infighting and frustratingly angry, jealous people. Mm-hmm. But it's also uh, home to some of the best people I know. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's every community, though. I mean, you're going to have rotten apples in every sort of community. And the problem with community growth 
Yeah. Statistically, you're going to have more of them. Yeah. You're going to have more awesome people, but you're going to have more problems. Yeah, totally. And we've, you know, we've spent a decade growing our audience. So we've, (laughs) we've seen all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I I can only imagine. (laughs) Well, there's so many more. There's like, I can only imagine Mm -hmm. when you guys started, there was probably what, five? No, there were, there were quite a few. Most of them uh, petered out not too long oh, after, uh, we also uh, started to piss people off by using a term like progressive swinging because <laughs> yeah. we wanted to elevate the discourse around swinging. And a lot of people don't want to do that. They yep. want to just you know, keep their eyes closed and not worry about sexually transmitted infections and not think about their playmates as people. You know, they yeah. just want to just want to have their fun. And there's nothing wrong with that as long as everyone's buying in. Yeah, no, but I get it. I've, I really have always felt like from the beginning, I felt like swinging needed to be something better. Yes, absolutely. I, I actually, I, I didn't even know that that's what majority of what was out there before. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's certainly not how we identified. And I guess at the beginning, if you listen to our, our previous shows, it would be that way. But, yeah. but we didn't start meeting the community till it was about Nadia Nolens last year. Well, and that's the oh, thing really? we didn't know about. We didn't know about the community. We didn't oh, know wow. about community wow. until, no, it would have been when we went to our first house party. I'd say. Here. No. I'm talking about, yeah, our community, yes, but I'm talking about like the podcast. Oh, the podcast. The, the greater podcaster community yeah, yeah no we're all the way up in canada we're like so <laughs> my god it's it's interesting right like we didn't we started meeting everybody at uh nadia nolens 2018 yeah mm. and wow. you guys had been crowned um best podcast at the awarded awarded yeah yeah uh, <laughs> there was crowned. no crown <laughs> you know the king talks about everybody crowning. gets a crown everybody gets crowned <laughs> you're all kings and queens um but uh yeah you guys were you guys were awarded the uh best podcast yeah yes. that was that was pretty awesome considering we we'd never attended also <laughs> yeah well obviously you guys deserved it yeah well, well thank you just amazing and uh on top of the podcast you also do a numerous number of other things which is <laughs> you have written novels and mm-hmm. Yeah, can you tell me more about the novels? I haven't read them. Sure, sure. I, I'd be happy to send them to you also. Um, so before all of this, I was a film student and I'd written a lot. I've written a lot of screenplays. And then non-monogamy happened and I sort of redirected my energy into the podcast. And that mm-hmm. was my creative outlet. And then about five years into the podcast now, which... Uh, Man, that's five years ago the the first book came out. Um, I compiled all my stuff from Life on the Swing Set and found I had like 110,000 words written. And I couldn't believe that because, you know, like a book is usually 70 to 80,000. And so I thought, well, hey, this will be easy. I can just turn this into a book. (laughs) And... 
as you may have guessed from my sarcastic tone, uh, <laughs> it was not easy. Yeah. But I did manage to turn that into my life on the swing set, which is uh, a semi-memoir, semi-book of essays, you know, David Sedaris kind of thing. And that was really cool. And I published that and I, you know, podcasting, I don't know if you know this, but podcasting is not terribly lucrative. <laughs> yeah, I, your, your, your laugh suggests you might know where I'm coming from there. So, uh, turns out writing a book is actually somewhat profitable. So, I then went back to, believe it or not, so I'd been in the lifestyle for like 11 months when we started the podcast. I wrote a screenplay two months before that about non-monogamy. Oh, wow. Because, again, I thought I knew so much about this lifestyle. <laughs> and uh, I, in looking for another project, because I wanted to do another book, and I, I, every, every nonfiction thing I started just kind of fizzled, I found that old script, and I really liked some of it. And I thought, well, what if I write this? And that became A Lifeless Monogamous, which is my first novel. And it's about a young couple who randomly uh, meet a pair of swingers at a party and are inexplicably drawn to them because of their confidence and because of their, their poise and everything. And they uh, are introduced into the scary world of swinging. Huh. And, you know, in, in direct conflict with all that stuff I was saying about the older podcasters and the, the uh, varnished version of non-monogamy, I wanted to tell a story that was very real about non-monogamy. So the couple comes very close to getting divorced in the book uh -huh. because things get real very quickly and they dive into the deep end very quickly and aren't quite prepared, but think they are. And they make stupid decisions like we all do. And they, you know, so it's, it's, I wanted to create a story that has a happy ending, but not a happy middle. I like that, though, because it's kind of what happens. <laughs> yeah. And I tell everybody who's starting uh, on this road, you are going to fuck up bigger than you've ever fucked up in your life. Oh, yeah. So accept that. Uh, forgive your partner for when they fuck up, and they'll forgive you for when you fuck up, because everybody does it. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of forgiveness. A lot of growth comes from forgiveness yeah. too. You have to you have to be generous yes. with your forgiveness. Totally. And then, so after that, I really uh, I, I had left a lot of things out of that first book because I wanted a simple story. So, like, uh, I didn't write about uh, sexuality exploration beyond the female half of the couple, and I really wanted to address more, you know, not just swinging, uh, not just non-monogamy, but sexuality in general. And um, at that point, we'd been taking this trip to Mexico for, I want to say five years, probably. So we do a desire trip every November. Mm -hmm. And uh, every time I try to explain it to people, I can't quite give them the feeling because it's a feeling. It's not a it's not a tangible. Right. Well, okay. Share more about this desire trip. Yes. I'd okay. love to know more about this. So uh, every year, uh, Swing Set hosts a trip to Desire Resort, which if you don't know what it is, it's basically sandals for swingers in Mexico. <laughs> 
Yep, yep. it is. <laughs> and we have been doing takeovers because our group's a little different than a lot of groups. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have more boy kissing per capita than really? any, any other. Yeah, like, so, like, we, we started pitching to the bi men. Like, this is a place you can come and be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have gay couples. We have uh, bi people. We have trans people. We have poly people, swingers, nudists, curious. We have everything. We run the gamut. Which and actually isn't usually allowed. It is not. No, it is not. <laughs> if if and, people are listening and don't know. Yeah, don't don't just call Desire and say, I want to go on your on your queer friendly uh experience unless you're coming with us. Um and it's every November. And you if you want to find out information, it's swingsetdesire.com. It looks really cool. Almost sold out for this year. So if you're interested, you gotta jump on that. Yeah, jump on that quick. Uh, but it's it's something where, uh, like, my entire perception of play parties changed when I went from hosting swinger parties to attending queer sex parties. Mm. So what do you identify as? I'm in the middle. I'm non-monogamous. There are times when I feel more like a swinger. I'm poly. I'm in a poly relationship. So, you know, I, I love the term swinger, which is why I still use it. I think mm-hmm. it's hilarious. I know, mm-hmm. me too. <laughs> and so I, I'm so hesitant to leave that behind. But if you had to categorize me, I'd go with just non-monogamy. Yeah. Right. It's a fundamental belief system. It's not necessarily uh, uh, this is how I do relationships because I don't do all relationships like that. And it's not this is how I do casual sex because I don't do casual sex just like that right and i and i kind of was more referring to your sexuality but oh <laughs> if oh, you don't mind me asking but i hey <laughs> took that in the right direction then for the show so i'm good with well that. <laughs> i i um so i've been using queer a lot lately mm-hmm. uh queer was a hard one for me to wrap my head around because there's this thing in the queer community that unless you're you know, gay or unless you're a lesbian, you don't feel like you're queer enough. Oh, to like be queer, queer stigma. Yeah. yeah. So um, for a long time, I specifically identified as a bisexual man because there are so few openly bisexual men mm-hmm. around or, or visibly openly bisexual. And, and like, I would still consider myself bisexual, but for then you you get into the okay well does bi mean two or does bi mean uh, hetero and beyond what what is, what is you know so there's a lot of weird gray area and that's why I like queer because queer is the umbrella it's over everything yeah right. I actually like looked it up so that I understood one hundred percent what it meant <laughs> and I'm like oh I'm really queer one hundred percent queer isn't that nice it's fun. <laughs> Uh, well, I think we're just going to wrap this uh, segment up, and okay. when we get back, we'll we'll talk a little bit more about what it what it's like being a bisexual man, and also give some advice to those who maybe are feeling they're bisexual but don't know how to communicate that Sounds with their partners. So stay tuned. We want to say that we know it can sometimes feel lonely navigating this world of open relationships. We know that it can be difficult to find people to talk with. 
We know because we've been through it. And although we certainly are not therapists or licensed psychologists, we know that sometimes all you need is just somebody to talk to. We've helped hundreds of people on their journey with non-monogamy and are passionate about helping thousands more. We offer private coaching to anyone interested in opening up their relationship and reach out to us for multiple reasons. It could be that they're struggling to get out to a club and are looking for a little extra encouragement, or they may not know how to go about discussing their fantasies and desires with their partner. Visit sexuninterrupted.com slash book online to schedule your free 10-minute one-on-one session today. We produce a show every week for your listening pleasure, and our show sponsors make it all possible. We truly appreciate everything they do. If you're interested in having ad space on our show, contact us at sex.uninterrupted at gmail.com. We are flexible with our ad space options and confident your message will be heard. Again, email us at sex.uninterrupted at gmail.com for more information today. We look forward to working with you. Welcome back to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. Uh, we have a special guest on our show, Cooper S. Beckett from Life on the Swing Set with us today. I know James actually had a question for you. Oh, he wanted, he wanted to know what the mm. S st- stood for. <laughs> uh, it, it, it doesn't stand for anything. It's like Harry S. Truman. I love it. Uh, I, I, I used to tell people it's, it stood for swinging. Ah, I like that. You should keep that. Yeah. Just <laughs> run with that one. Yeah. Especially since you said you like the word. I do. I do. Yeah. There. That's so it's way Cooper Swing it. and Beckett. Yeah. yeah. That's got that's got a ring to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, like we were talking in the last segment, um, you um, used to identify as a bisexual male and are a mm. queer male now. And we kind of wanted to dive into that because it's been um, I've I've been noticing a lot more, um, a lot more men. Um, we have a I have a men of the lifestyle group um, that I'm a part of locally here, and a lot of men in that group have come out as openly bisexual. Really, that's yes. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yes, very awesome, and I hope to share that with these guys um, because I, I do know that there is a little bit of a stigma towards bisex guys. And yeah, there is. <laughs> and it, and obviously, you've been bisexual for probably a very long time. If or, or knew you, you were, right? Well, yeah, it was, you know, for me, I, I grew up Catholic, so I mm-hmm. grew up repressed. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I always had inklings of interest in men, but I didn't have a way to understand that. Because I didn't know bisexual was a thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I knew I liked women. So I didn't think I really could be gay. That didn't make sense to me. But then as I got older and, um, you know, I was one of the self-loathing bi guys who gets on AOL chat rooms and jacks off with guys and then feels really bad about it afterwards. I didn't and even know that was a thing. Oh, it no. was a thing, yeah. Oh, it's, okay. it's still a thing, but it's it was a thing. thing. It, it was then and is now. Uh, and the, the reason I, I felt so bad is because I thought I just fundamentally didn't understand myself. And, you know, I would have been fine if I knew and understood that I was gay, but mm-hmm. I didn't understand what I was. And after my, my ex-wife and I got into swinging 
And she blossomed completely when she realized her bisexuality, like night and day changed person. I finally understood that this was maybe a safe place to explore. Maybe. But I was also told to be, you know, careful about it because Mm -hmm. there is judgment in the swinger community about uh, bi guys. And there is homophobia that comes out. And it's weird because, you know, it's only directed at one half of (laughs) the the population. Right. And encouraged almost on the outside. Not even almost. Fully, full on encouraged. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Endorsed by men. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So it's, you know, it it was an interesting journey for me. And then when when I really found that I liked it, and that everyone I knew was okay with that, it changed. You know, I, I was confident in who I was then. And I think that's one of the reasons I've, I've moved on to queer is for the first time I feel confident that this is an, an actual term that identifies me. Right. And, and that's great to feel oh, that, sure. you know. Especially oh, when a- wandering in the wilderness for so long. Mm-hmm. Exactly, you found you found your your almost like your calling of who, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how to identify yourself. <laughs> and I think that's funny because that's a lot of people in the lifestyle. I think that they it's kind of hard to when somebody asks you, "What are you guys like?" Full soft swaps off. Like, what do you identify as? And mm-hmm. I'm not like, well, I'm non monogamous. Like, I'm you know, <laughs> in a relationship. I, I don't know. Like, I, that's a thing that I think that a lot of people go through is. What yeah. do I identify in as a lifestyle? So then he's now found yeah. a way to identify your sexuality. Was that the gong? Where are we done? Was that was that, that the, was me? No, that's gone beyond. She's kind of. <laughs> I dropped the paper and then hit the <laughs> the mic stand. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It the lifestyle does give you the opportunity to explore more of yourself, and especially if you have that that support and those people around you yeah. too. That definitely helps. And I know I was very lucky in that my community uh, was very supportive right from the beginning. And I know a lot of people don't have that. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny because so many people in the lifestyle, it's like they get out of the monogamy box and they immediately climb back into another box. Yeah. Yep. And it's a bigger box, but it's still a box. Yeah. Yep. You know, whereas, whereas at a certain point, I realized I was still growing and changing and evolving and had to keep following that because once you realize you're not finished, which a lot of adults think they are, and I certainly thought I was, you have so much potential to explore and discover. And that's the most wonderful thing you can do with your life. Mm-hmm. That is so true because I think it's it's a lot of like I think this the fact that you found that, um, but like with this sort of stigma within the lifestyle, mm. like how like I'm completely comfortable with bisexual guys. If you're gonna if you're a bisexual guy or even like a gay guy, I'm not opposed to like necessarily, but I'm not necessarily gonna play with you because I'm not attracted to you. Sure, right. So, but I'm not also opposed to playing with you as a couple either if the guy is bisexual. Right. 
Right. I just set the boundary and this is where we'll just draw the line. But I think well, a lot I, of guys think that you would care. Well, and there's, there's a thing and it's the thing that people don't like it when I tell them this because um, I think we'd all agree there is a problem. There's a toxicity to a lot of masculinity in our culture at the moment. Mm-hmm. And part of that script for men is that, you know, just be persistent with women, you know, <laughs> wear them down. We've been shown this in movies, in TV, just keep asking and eventually you'll get what you want and you live happily ever after and everything's great. <laughs> so with that script, knowing that all I need to get a woman to fuck me is to keep asking, what would the most terrifying thing in the world be to a man who is homophobic mm-hmm. than another man who maybe could talk him into sex. I see. Because if that's all it takes to get what you want, what's to stop another guy from using this on me? Yeah, ah. I get this. That is a very valid point. And I, I think that's a lot of it. I mean, there's definitely the uh, misguided um, STI risk factor thing that's in there, but yeah. it's no worse than anyone else who doesn't use condoms. So, Really, you know, if you protect yourself, you're fine. That's yeah. well, and we're already being one one. We're already in, <laughs> in a, a high, high risk. risk. Absolutely, right? Like we're in a higher risk than the normal average monogamous person. We're yeah. just in a higher risk. We are more sexually active with our <laughs> own partners, with <laughs> other partners. We just are. It's not like not to say that it's a bad or it, it doesn't matter if you're bi thing, right? or gay. Oh yeah, or, absolutely. It's, you're not immune to it. <laughs> but we can have herd immunity by practicing best practices. Mm-hmm. Because the more we uh, uh, adopt good, safer sex practices, the better off we're all going to be as a community. A hundred percent. Absolutely. So, so what, <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for bi guys? Um, for bi guys. Or, or for guys who think they are bisexual. Well, yeah, there's, so there's two things. If you know you're bi or you, you're very curious, be open about that because nobody's ever going to fuck you unless you tell them you want to fuck them mm-hmm. or make it known that there's a possibility. Because you know what bi guys don't want to do? They don't want to come on to straight guys. Yeah, right. Because no one wants to be shot down. So if I don't know a guy is curious, I'm not going anywhere near that. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. It's number like you don't want to convert. You're not you're there to convert. Yeah, I'm not, I, I don't, I don't want to be the bi guy that everyone's worried about. You know, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And <laughs> the, the other big thing is if you have any inkling of curiosity, any at all, you should try it because the, the big secret is that you're not going to be any different tomorrow if you suck a cock tonight you're the same person and you're still the same person who can identify however you want yeah you know and so there's there's results are you suck a cock and you don't like it then you don't do it again or you do it one more time just to see because sometimes it's shitty you know (laughs) it happens yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> but if you do like it, hey, congratulations, you just learned something about your sexuality. You know, that, it, that's amazing. That's, yeah. you've, you've doubled your pool. You know? right. <laughs> it's fantastic. Right. And then here's the thing that, that guys are so concerned about. What if I'm gay? And I say, well, okay, yeah, I understand. That's big and scary if you don't think you are. But if you actually are gay, if you suck a cock and you realize you never, ever want to go down on a woman ever again, then isn't that an important thing to know about yourself? Mm-hmm. That you're actually gay. Won't you be happier in the long run exactly. knowing who you are? Yeah, Absolutely. Like- well, that's Definitely. Like when I found out I wanted to be in a non-monogamous relationship, I became a happier person. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like owning that, owning your shit. Mic drop. <laughs> Total mic drop moment. Thank you for that. Um, so we also... What, also, what about women? That's what like, I was just about to say. And like if you're exploring this with your husband or your partner and like you have like feelings or emotions that come up, do you, like I'm sure women experience jealousy more so than men do in this situation i don't know that more so but yes there there's definitely the potential for i mean there's always the potential for unexpected feelings right you know you never know what you're going to feel when you see your partner do something with somebody especially something that you've never done Mm -hmm. until you see it and it's like that thing we were talking about earlier forgive early forgive often you know, yeah. if, if your partner has, here's the, here's the other secret that I always was miffed that the swingers didn't talk about. Sometimes you're going to have sex that's better than the sex you have with your partner. Uh-huh. <laughs> because if you don't, if, if you actually want me to believe that you and your partner are the most compatible people on the planet, I don't see why you need non-monogamy. You know, mm-hmm. you, you're fine. You don't need it. You're 100% satisfied. Yep. I yeah. guess. Why would you need so, like more people? <laughs> I mean, there, yeah, that, that's awesome too. But, but you, you need to understand that things are going to come up and things are, are not necessarily going to be fully baked when they come up. Yes. So like I've, I've had very bad reactions to things in, in my non-monogamous life. And I've done some stupid shit when I've had bad reactions. Yeah. And the, the key, I think, is removing yourself from a situation without ruining the situation. Yes. Yes. Because if your partner is experiencing something, especially like a first-time uh, bisexual experience, that's going to be the potential to be a mind-blowing and, and paradigm shift type experience. Mm-hmm. So you want to leave that alone. You want to let that happen. Because you know what? At the end of the day, we all choose to be with each other every day. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing is holding us together. Literally nothing. Even, even family and property and all that, you could still get up and walk away. So you want to be in a relationship where you are actively choosing to be with this other person Mm -hmm. and you want them to be choosing to be with you because that's the most important thing you can have is somebody wanting and choosing to be with you. And if you see something that it, that bothers you, 
but you know it's just uh, a little thing that came up or uh, a weird relationship flashback because we all get those too. Mm-hmm. Then you need to sit with that and you don't necessarily need to share. But don't, don't repress everything. Don't hide your feelings. Like if, if four times in a row you're very uncomfortable, then maybe you want to do separate room shit. Right. Or maybe you want separate dates. Mm-hmm. You know, there are, there are tons of options. And despite what a lot of, you know, <laughs> I hesitate to use, I, I, I use the word classic swingers. What classic swingers will tell you is there, there's no right way to do swinging. It doesn't have to be full swap in the same bed. You have on this side and them on that side. It, it doesn't have to be anything. Right. As long as everybody involved is on board, it can literally be any arrangement you want. Yeah. That's well, same relationship by design. Yeah. Same exactly. Yeah. Right? To design all the relationships around you so that it's like if it works for you and it works for everybody else, go and do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Whatever that is. And, and even for some people, that might mean doing tons of research and listening to shit ton sure. of podcasts before. And some people just dive in head first and then Figure it out as they go. Like, <laughs> well, there's a certain point where you have to dive in. Yes. There this is. is the advice I give everybody is you can, you can prep like crazy, but you're never going to know whether or not you're actually okay with this mm-hmm. until you see it. Uh, yep. Yeah, like, <laughs> yep. I, I vividly remember seeing my wife suck a cock for the first time. Vividly. And the emotions going through my head and the bizarreness of the situation and, and like everything. And I processed it and I got through it. But you don't know how you're going to feel. You can role play, but mm-hmm. what's role playing? It's, ultimately, it's not real. Mm-hmm. So you have to get to a point where, okay, we're going to do this. And then do that thing. Forgive each other in advance for how you're going to fuck this up. <laughs> yeah. because you will oh yeah they're like we always say that the lifestyle is going to have its ups and downs and you're going to have a high times when you're on the same page everything's working you're jiving you're it's like it's literally running at like top notch mm-hmm. and then there's times where it's not. nothing nothing right. Right. <laughs> like totally Nothing's connecting it's not there it's like you know and, we, and then you take that step back and reevaluate what's going on and have that honest look at your relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. And that's where the communication comes in. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. But anyways, we just wanted to say thank you again. This has been great. I think that a lot of, uh, there's probably a lot of bi guys out there that are thinking, how do I, how do I approach this with people and how do I get this out there? And I think you shared some, shed some light on, on well, a lot I'm of things. Glad. Thank you so much for that. And we're just going to cut to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to, talk about our IG questions that we had for you. So stay tuned. Travel, events, parties, and clubs are a huge part of the lifestyle. It's how you connect with the community, but sometimes it can be hard to find out what's going on, especially when you're traveling and don't know what's out there. That's where Cassidy comes in. If you're looking to attend club events, meetups, resort takeovers, hotel takeovers, you name it, Cassidy makes it so easy to search. We also like the fact that you can post your travel calendar or rendezvous so people can see if you're visiting their city or if they're feeling frisky. So go to Cassidy.com, 
K-A-S-I-D-I-E.com and use the code A-Z-Sexy, A-Z-S-E-X-Y for a free 30-day elite membership today. This year at Naughty and Nolens 2019, we had an emotional moment when we were crowned king and queen of the event. NIN is one of our favorite events, and it was an honor to be involved and recognized in the community. Next year, we will be returning to hand off our crowns, and we want you to join. Come to Naughty and Nolens with us July 8th to 12th, 2020, and see why we keep coming back every year. Plus, when you get tickets through us, we will send you a personal thank you email and add you to our NIN mailing list and help you prepare for NIN 2020. Visit sexuninterrupted.com slash naughty to book today. And we're back. Oh, my God. <laughs> if you saw his face. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yes, we are back. Welcome to uh, welcome back to Sex Uninterrupted <laughs> with Tara and James. I'm, yeah. Oh my gosh. We're back. We've been having a great conversation with Cooper S. Beckett. Yeah. All about sexuality and the lifestyle and mainly focusing on bisexual men in the lifestyle because there, I do think a lot of men are starting to accept it and explore mm-hmm. more with it. And there is a lot of questions and we, we got some good ones from Instagram. So Excellent. I think, oh my God, I didn't, (laughs) this is the first question. I didn't put this in here. Do you know of any lifestyle resorts or big events that are more friendly (laughs) for bi guys? As it happens, I do. (laughs) Oh, really? Really? Do you want to tell me about it? Go to, go to swingsetdesire.com and we'll take care of everything for you. No, it's, it's, uh, I know that it's, it's, difficult at resorts and mm-hmm. early on in our swing set trips we we didn't do takeovers so like the first year we hosted we were like 25 percent of the resort and um i remember getting i got a i got a wonderful blowjob from a wonderful man uh, at the side of the hot tub and he went over to get a drink afterwards and uh this 50 year old drunk woman said what are you some kind of fag are you serious and we realized you know very quickly oh right this isn't a safe space oh my god yeah my jaw just dropped (laughs) i mean thankfully very little of that has actually happened but we've seen when when guy stuff starts happening you know sometimes people take themselves out of the equation and you know what that's fine because i don't want to hear about it Right. Yeah. Because if you don't want people to get upset for any of the shit you're doing, and which could be anything, mm-hmm. you don't have the right to get upset about what they're doing. Yeah. You know? exactly. So Swing Set Desire Trip is really honestly the only one I know of that's queer friendly. And yeah, that's all I know of. We've well, had a number of people that. say they they tried to go at other times uh because they thought it was because we talk about it mm-hmm. and it's just not the same. Mm-hmm. So I can only speak for my week. <laughs> right. There is one more out there right. and it's a week of uh, the week of bi couples, tea couples. It's the bi couples, tea couples. And um, I don't know, honey. The one in November at Jamaica, oh, Hedo. for Young Swingers Week. For Young Swingers Week. Oh, yeah, okay. with, that, with that theme. They gotcha. want to start encouraging more of the queer community to come out 
And Gee, I wonder. I wonder where they got that idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder, but I, I do know that keto. Well, it's is, needed. It's necessary. Yeah, definitely. Keto is bi-friendly, isn't it? Two men can go. Well, Jamaica is a little. Well, keto is single-friendly. Yes. Yes. So that's the thing. Yeah. You know, desire is not single-friendly. No. So a single man can never go. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but at desire, it has to be a male-female couple. Uh, on on most weeks, yes. On our week, no. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've. we've so go on Cooper's week. <laughs> yes. With the swing set. If you are a maybe a same sex female couple that are bisexual, oh, or yeah. a same sex male couple that is bisexual. Yeah. Yeah. And and you don't even have to be bisexual, you know, as long as you're willing to advocate for yourself. Uh, there are a lot of people who want to play, and. Yeah. You know, we, we are not a group who's like, well, hey, if you're having sex with my lady, I should be having sex with your lady. We don't do that. It's, mm-hmm. That's bullshit. And that's uh, classic swingers, again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. So the next question we have here, why is there such a double standard at play parties? Women can be bi, but men cannot. I think we talked about this. Yeah, I, I feel like that the uh, the homophobia and uh, bullshit toxicity covers that one. Yeah, yeah, you really hit the nail on that. <laughs> it really is, and that's I think that well, and that's the thing. Like you know, by women is encouraged, but you know, when the the, uh, the sword cuts the other way too. Like I know women who are not by. And who have to actively say, no, please stop licking my pussy. I'm not into women. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and even then it's denied. Yeah. Right? And it amazes me that that's, that's a problem. And it all comes down to, you know, enthusiastic consent. If yes. you're not willing to ask for it, you don't deserve to have it. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. Preach. We're all about the consent, you know. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But no, I, I completely agree that it's that whole double standard. And then like if a straight woman, you know, looks at, and it's like, no, all women in the lifestyle are bisexual. No, right. that's not true. That's not there true. are straight women that like multiple men, just want multiple men. Just give me that dick. All the dick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So next question. Okay, I'm not bi, but I would like to know if size matters to them just as much as it does to women. Wait, (laughs) women, does size matter? Not really. (laughs) I I can speak for myself. Um, Size does not matter. Variety is exciting. Yeah, exactly. I like variety. I mean, far, far more important. Your penis is my favorite, James. Aw, that's sweet. (laughs) Far more important is your ability to do stuff. Yeah. And you know what? If you have a small dick, learn how to use your hands. Yeah. Because they're always hard. I mean, that's a weird (laughs) thing to say. But, you know, you're not going to have a problem with with your fingers. Yeah. Or, Or toys. Learn how to use toys. You know, like get but creative. I, I would, I would say, you know, ultimately, the people who are are the people who it would matter to are probably not the people you want to spend a lot of time with. Yes, you know, there are the collector swingers who only want to hang out with HWP height, weight, proportionate people with big <laughs> cocks. Must be eight <laughs> inches or more. You know that it's all bullshit, and it's like uh, they're ordering off a menu, and people are not are not 
like where, that. Where, like, is this like that's a, how we is started? Because that's a how, drive-through. That's how we started because we thought that's how you had to do it. Because that's what we, we read. Well, and sure. Stuff. If, if you're if you're told that, absolutely. Like I was told by my first uh, by the first couple I was with that I pro- even if I am bi, I shouldn't put that on my profile. Oh, the things that we were yeah. that we I were mean best. we're all molded by our first experiences in the lifestyle that's one of the reasons I really like being an introduction for people is because I know I'm going to take care of them mm-hmm. and I know most people aren't mm-hmm. exactly that's why I like it too mm-hmm. <laughs> okay next, you want me to do the next one okay it says no question just a comment I like James's take on hetero flexibility I don't seek men out but shit happens <laughs> nice okay. next question is there a safe way to single by willingness in a sex situation if you were previously id'd as straight oh uh, yeah the simplest way is talk about it yeah. really everything i mean i'm i'm a huge advocate of of extensive conversations about interests and likes and dislikes and wants uh, because I don't ever want to do something that someone doesn't want or like. And the way to not do that is to put everything up front. Because if they don't want to play with me, I want them to tell me before we start playing. Mm-hmm. And yes. so I, I really, I, you know, a lot of people talk about how that takes the magic or mystery or whatever bullshit they want to say out of it. But it, it really, it can be very sexy to talk about what you like in Mm -hmm. front of someone and then to know that you're giving them what they like because they told you. Yeah. You know, so model that I think. Well, and I, I, we're talking about that on the last show um, Mm. with uh, Jesse from the pussy party podcast. And I was just talking about how putting like, especially in the lifestyle as a male, putting your best dick forward. Now, whether that's another <laughs> male or another female, but I'm talking about best dick as in like communicate what that other person might want or desire yeah. or the things that they want. If they want the, you know, porn star fuck, give them that. If they want something else, if they want the sensuality, if, or they if you're want, interested in bisexuality, bisexuality, mm-hmm. like these are all things that you just start putting your best dick forward. And I've always said, I'm just not attracted to men, but I've all, also never said that I would never ever play with a man like that's sure. just, like I don't know it might happen I don't seek it out well it's it's like me and uh, like I I don't know that I will ever have a, a romantic relationship with another man mm-hmm. but I might yeah I just I don't seek that the way I seek romantic relationships with women it's it's a fundamental piece of how I view my sexuality and really, the, the the thing that I've learned as an openly bi guy is there are tons of bi guys who just want to tell you that they're bi and, th- and thank you for being the first one at the party to be open about it. Aww. That's so, so awesome. Really, you, somebody has to come out first. Yeah. And totally. unfortunately, sometimes it's got to be you, you know? Yeah. yeah. I know. And it's that, that's kind of what happened with my men in the lifestyle group. It's I think what the first one guy said, and I was, it was like one of the guys we all introduced ourselves and one of the guys had openly come out as bisexual. And then there was a lot, there was a lot more. It was, like and a it, it was kind of interesting how it's like, you know, you get that one little inspiration and then it, and it just trickles. And, and it's just so nice to see. Cause I'm like, I've always said, it's like, I, I feel I, we've always felt like there's more bi guys in the lifestyle. They're just not coming out because they, oh, they yeah. what might there's happen. no question. 
Like, like even, you know, you go back to Kinsey and something like 50% of men have had by thoughts. There, there's no way, not only has that number gone down, but in the sexually open lifestyle that has like 85% by women, there's no way it's even as low as 50. Yeah. You know, there, right. there's so no right. way. <laughs> no. It's yeah. just all repressed. Oh, totally. I've, 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 I'll come out and say it. I've had bi thoughts before. I've even said it to Tara. I was like, I don't know. Maybe I am bisexual. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, I don't know until I try it, but I'm also not Absolutely. attracted. I've never been attracted to men. To a guy. Yeah. Like, and I know, you know what? On that front, I was never attracted to men. I like dicks. Mm-hmm. And it's only as I got to know more queer people that I have started to understand my attraction to men. I see. And so it's very different. Like I could be attracted to eight out of 10 women, you know, and maybe two or three out of 10 men. It's very different. Right. Like I can even objectively say, yes, that man is attractive, but I am not attracted to them. Hmm. Where it's, it's very different with women. I've always said like, you know, that, that guy's hot. Hmm. Like I've done that with Tara and yeah. been like, I pointed out hot guys. He's like, did you check him out? I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Way ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. All right. The last question. Has coming out, out bisexual, has coming out bisexual impacted your relationship with your female partner? Uh, my female partners have always been very, very enthusiastic about seeing me with other guys. Aww, that yeah. makes me happy and here. I have found that a lot of women want to see men suck each other's dicks. A lot of women will get so excited if that's happening at a party. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, come on. It's, it's like when women used to kiss in bars to, to get their men excited. Yeah. It's just we're, we're like 15, 20 years behind the curve. <laughs> <laughs> but we're catching up, I guess, right? Yeah. But anyways, and that actually wraps up our show. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much. And oh, also, how, do ever, how does everybody get a hold of you? I'm I'm really easy. I'm Cooper S. Beckett on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, CooperSBeckett.com. Uh, you can find all my books there. Uh, my most recent book is As Good As Gone, a horror novel about a queer a female ghost hunter. And I have its sequel coming out on October 1st. So check out my website and buy my books and email me and tell me what you think. Just in time for Halloween. too. Just in time for Halloween. Funny how that works. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, and how many books do you have so far? Uh, The the one coming out on on 10-1 is my fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth. It's my fifth. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Wow. And uh, when it when is the next time we're going to see you? Are you guys are you guys coming to a podcast to Palooza or uh, We aren't. Um we unfortunately because there's three of us from different areas, we have to do a lot of work to coordinate the swing sun schedule. Um so the next time we're going to be together is at on our desire trip. Okay. Uh, <laughs> We are looking at uh, one in, in January in Nebraska, of all places. 
Interesting. Nebraska. Yeah. Does that get cold in the summer? In the oh, winter, uh, you mean? Or the winter? It does. It yeah, does, I yeah. thought so. <laughs> but no colder than Chicago, so I'm fine with that. Oh, yeah, you're used to that. No, <laughs> Just like us. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. But anyways, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, this has been a great conversation, seriously. Yeah, My pleasure. So Let me know when uh, I'd love to come back. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, we're just going to say thank you to our listeners. Uh, thank you for listening all the way to the end. The hashtag, the Sue crew. Thank you guys so much. Uh, we will be, our show will be airing again Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until next time. Keep it sexy. Thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed the sexy show, you can find more at sexuninterrupted.com. Don't forget that you can also follow us on Twitter at SXUninterrupted, Instagram at sex.uninterrupted, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to directly support what we do, please check out patreon.com slash sexuninterrupted today and join our community. We'll see you here next Friday at 2 p.m. on the West Coast and 5 p.m. on the East Coast on the Voice America Variety Channel.